into the fifth year of Running is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're still listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. So five years to the day this goes out, which is October the 9th, 2018, was the first tentative episode with very little content and the terrible tagline, <laughs> the podcast that simultaneously complains about and celebrates running by pointing out the bullshit. That's very snappy, very concise. Oh, yeah, we were, we were on it straight away, like... There's so many podcasts you hear and they come out and the first one is perfect. They've scripted the life out of it. They've got everything like, well, I don't think we didn't have music at this point, really. I don't think we had really much of anything at this point. We're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll have a go. Yeah. Imagine how many people listened to this, that first one, and were like, what the fuck is this? And just never again. I can tell you a third of people who listened to the first episode didn't make it to episode (laughs) two. A third. I don't blame them. It scares me when we have listeners that email us and say, oh, I'm listening from the beginning. I'm like, why? Why? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I worry about that. There's a lot of people. I always kind of think like, I think I said to someone the other day, like, listen to a recent one yeah. or listen to one from the middle somewhere and then go back if you want. Yeah. Don't start from the beginning because okay. it's not good. Yeah. Go backwards and, the, you know, you can sort of stop when it gets too bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Five years. It's a really long time, isn't it? It, it is. A, this is like, this has been longer than my relationship. Yeah, I think well, as we said for the hundredth, yeah, both of us longer than our current relationships. Yeah. We've both moved house. We've done so many things. We've both got dogs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, a lot of change. But I, I do kind of at least we are like fortnightly, roughly. I mean, we've, we've missed quite a few episodes, but it does mean like at some point, obviously, we're going to stop, and at least people won't be like, "Oh no, oh they've stopped." People will just be like, "Oh, that's a bit of a shame." Yeah, yeah. I think that's better. Because I've listened to a podcast for ages and it was weekly and then twice weekly and then stopped for ages. And I was really pissed off because mm. I'm like, well, that's like two hours a week I need to fill now. But I think if we go fortnightly, people be like, oh, that was nice when they came out, wasn't it? Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So It'd probably be a relief, relief for many people. If anything, people are oh, yeah, I feel weirdly obligated to keep listening. <laughs> and now I, oh, thank God I don't have to. Um, my favourite part of that original set of notes about the what the podcast kind of could be. We're just kind of saying, oh, we could do this, we could do this. Uh, the bit I wrote was, fanciful to suggest would ever get messages or shout outs, but they could be chucked in at the end. And like, now we pretty much rely on those to pad out most of what we do. Yeah, there was there was a, a tipping point where the messages were enough that we could make that the episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because once we kind of stopped, like, well, we, we haven't got a guest this week. We haven't really got a main theme this week. So we'll just kind of read out what people sent us on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in this episode, to pad things out, we're going to be talking about shouting at our listeners, losing your mind reading a map, shit cheating badly and not only have we got a guest for two episodes in a row oh yeah a little bit organized we've also got two guests on together that's three guests two episodes that is value for money and we thought what better way to turn five years old but to go back to our roots and just like interview some people that we know yeah yeah <laughs> i mean they have done pretty cool things but it's just basically mates so yeah. Yeah, that's fine it's not i think that's good i think it's good to you know it's grassroots let's old say school. it's that it's old school. not everything needs to be big not everyone needs to be writing a book yeah you know uh nothing to promote just having a good chat about running stuff yeah let's go and catch up from the last episode now nicola 
who has been called a complete psychopath by at least one of our listeners for playing the podcast out of her phone while running, enjoyed being shouted at last time, as did a few of the other listeners. She said, that was fucking hilarious. The I own the trail shout swear was perfectly timed as some fucking dog owners were chatting in the road with their car doors wide open, blocking the trail so they needed to be told. I appreciated that one. However, I actually had to pause as a whole school trip of little primary school kids walked past in their cute high-vis and I thought they might not be ready for you just yet. Good job, as you shouted profanities as soon as I unpaused. Thank goodness I protected their innocent ears from you guys with filthy mouths, dogs and money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank I wanna, you, Nicola. I well done. I want to know if anyone else... I was going to say, I want to know if anyone else had a similar thing where, where it caused them a few moments but then no one else listens to this podcast no one else does that because that's insane <laughs> yeah yeah that i i i would think somebody was properly mad if they went running past me with like a podcast playing loud out of their phone i would think they were properly mad properly mad yeah there we go we also shouted a bit at rachel bullmore about not doing the vitality 10k and luckily she didn't as she has actual tendon damage and is wearing a moon boot for the next few weeks love that that sounds very cool she she says she can't run for eight weeks but what do we think probably four or five weeks you'll be fine rachel just just give it a few weeks you'll be fine (laughs) four weeks go for a a slow run that's okay isn't it slow running's okay five weeks half marathon six weeks marathon you know get back to it stop being lazy with your moon boot (laughs) moon boot sounds fun doesn't it i don't think it is though Kiara Evans also got in contact and said the podcast being broken up by random insults being yelled so fucking funny and oddly motivating. Not sure what that says about me. Joining the only happy when suffering crew question mark. Also about 10 kilometers during my run you mentioned the quarter marathon event took it in totally the wrong spirit and congratulated myself on running a quarter marathon. What a running wanker. You guys are such runfluencers. Oh thank you. I take that as a direct insult. I would like to think anything that we have influenced anyone to do, I prefer to think of it as bullying. Like if we've got anyone to do a race they weren't really up for, someone's done an ultra because we've banged on about them, I prefer to think of it as we've bullied them into it. We haven't influenced people because that's bad. Uh, yeah, and I feel like the main thing about being a runfluencer is getting free shit and we don't get free shit, so... No, we've not had free shit for a while, have we? No, no, exactly. So if anyone does want to give us free yeah, shit... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fifth anniversary, now's the right time probably yeah to send us some stuff yeah definitely although that will never happen with me because you know what i'm like you know (laughs) saying if things are shit rather than saying oh yeah these are the greatest shoes in the world yeah it's very risky sending yeah sending um promotional stuff to amy just in case (laughs) Uh, let's have some tea instead We're partnered with Burden Blend Tea, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. If you like the sound of it, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on some links and buy some tea if you want. Uh, I think this is the first time ever we are drinking the same tea. Oh, snap. Snap, snap, snap. (laughs) We have opened our Halloween advent calendars because, yes, that is a thing with Burden Blend because why not? Um, And we are both drinking buttermint tea. Mm. Now, I'm going to say this tea is like a boiled sweet. It's like a humbug. Yes, that, that's, that's it's exactly that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's nice though. It's really nice. I it's me- I think it's meant to be like the um the butter brew with just with mint, I assume. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it does taste like that and it's actually I really really like this. It's really good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's quite a gentle mint. Like if you've had peppermint tea, which if you leave it too long, that like, gets really strong and a bit nasty. Like I have left the tea bag in this 
the whole time while I was drinking it, and it wasn't that strong. So if you kind of into a minty vibe, but you don't want too strong, this mm-hmm. is the one you want. It's slightly creamy as well, which is always a gentle creamy mint. A gentle creamy mint. I, I am kind of digging the the advent calendar. Is it an advent calendar? Is it advent? <sighs> if it's not I Christmas, know. I don't know. I think advent is a Christmas thing. Um, countdown to to Halloween calendar, Something. but just just because like, I'm not that into like Halloween isn't a massive deal to me. But at the same time, it's kind of nice to open a little box every day and see it is, a little yeah. prize in there. Little I'm surprise. just going to well, yeah every few days or so when I feel like it, I'm just going to open another one and see what happens. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, because I have no idea how many how many squares do we? Well, have there's thirteen because that's right. a spooky number. Yeah. But I don't know when I open. Like, do we open them and open the last one on Halloween? Because we have to know. start on the nineteenth. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to wait. There's so. a lot of maths involved in it, and there weren't really any instructions in the box. No. Because obviously, with with Christmas, you do it the first December. You start opening, but yeah, a bit confused by it. But I do love it. I do. I do having a little little present every day. It's nice. Yeah, if you want a present every day, head to the uh, website via our website, of course, obviously, mm. so we get a kickback from it. Uh, get yourself a Christmas advent calendar because they're lovely. Hopefully, they don't have the mojito. Uh, tea on Christmas Eve again because that was weird. Oh, that that drove me. I hope Bird and Ben did listen to that podcast where we spoke yeah. about that because what was that about? They need something like Christmassy on Christmas Eve. Come on. Yeah. So on. have a look at our website. Buy some tea. Amy, what have you been up to? Oh, I did a park run. Amy did a park run. I did a park run. Yes, I did. Was it as bad as you thought? It was all right. Like the thing is, and I said this at the time. I don't have any other speed apart from one speed that's just like long run speed that I just do for everything now. Like back in the day when I used to run 5Ks as in like, I don't think I've ever done a 5K race ever. But when I used to do like 5Ks, like club runs and stuff like that, I used to run those faster than I'd run 10K. And then I used to run my 10Ks a little bit faster than I'd run a half marathon and so on. You know, like normal people do it. Have you ever actually run a hard 5K? Yes, like, I did. Actually really yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, um, I did a 5K in, I think, just over 26 to 27 minutes once Ooh. at club. Yeah, I ran with somebody a lot faster, who knows. Oh, that's that's what yeah. people I don't care. But it does, that doesn't count. I've never done a 5K race, but I did do that. And it's, you know, it's probably not accurate. But compared to, I say probably not accurate, it's not accurate, is it? But... No. Compared to like previous weeks of doing the same route, I did it substantially faster. I also had something that was strangely similar to what I imagined an asthma attack would be like. No idea why, so I've never been that fast since. Um, But yeah. Well, you know what? Today was a course PB at Grangemore. (laughs) It was, which is weird. I don't think that's the case. I've I've done more park runs than I officially have on my park run profile, whatever that is. I can't log into the website, so I don't know. I managed to dig out my old park run card from my wallet, which must be like gosh like many many moons old by now i couldn't log into the app couldn't figure it out i've not i haven't had a text to say what time i got because i'm assuming i haven't registered a number with them i don't know i don't know how any of it works um so i used my my car but yeah apparently that's a pb how many park runs have i done three <laughs> officially three, yeah. three was this my third today yeah, it was. Well done. <laughs> I like the way I'll just let you know about it. Yeah, I don't know how done. to access. I don't know how to access any of that. So, but yeah, I just, I just sort of, even though it's only three miles, I just sort of ran it the same as if I was going to go out on a, like a, a 15 mile long run. So I have no idea oh, how to run faster fine. anymore. It's totally fine. Yeah. But it, it was nice. It was good. Um, 
at the end, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Felt like a bit of a noob. I was like holding my barcode and the, the little thing they gave me, and I was like, I don't know what to do with these. I think I managed to blag it. So I didn't look like too. You much. were trying to well, you were trying to give it to the run director who okay. was chatting to one of the other volunteers. That wasn't me though. I was with other people who <laughs> I was just following their lead, and they were just stood there. So I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm just following everyone else's leads. That that wasn't just me. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was good. It was all right. I will never, I, I don't think I'll bother doing it again unless I have to, but it was good. And well, at least this morning we did have the uh, advantage of Grangewalk. Well, there were no hornets on the course, which means it's, a, it's usually a two lap course, but sometimes they have to turn it into a three lap course and shorten it because there are hornets on the course, which is. I think that's a lie um, because this, this park run, <laughs> as Stuart will say many times, is not very far from my house. So I actually run on that course most days and I have never seen a hornet. I don't know whether somebody's just seen like a very big wasp and freaked out, but I have never seen it. I didn't even know there was a hornet issue down there. Well, um, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So I did, I did park run. Then after park run, I went to, this is not running related. I went to a pumpkin patch, um, which I've never done before. It's just like a field. Where, like, it was actually really fun. Loads of pumpkins in. You can pick your own pumpkin. Um, you went for the Instagram for the dogs, didn't you? Obviously. Yeah. 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 The dogs yeah. weren't allowed. So it was just me and me and Freya on Instagram. Oh, I know. I know. So it was just us taking, having our pictures, taking our pictures. Um, but I obviously, ha- we had to pick the biggest fucking pumpkins on there. And it was a bit like, yeah. you know, when you go look at cars and they're in a showroom and you're like, oh, that car seems fine. But then you see it out on the road and it's fucking massive. But in the showroom, like, it looks like a reasonable sized car to have. Um, it's the same with pumpkins. So we picked up, like, the biggest pumpkins. And let, let me tell you, we, each, we all got wheelbarrows. Pushing that wheelbarrow with those pumpkins. I was sweating. My back is in bits right now. My quads are burning. It was like, what's that thing called at the gym? what's it called like the prowler or whatever it's called the thing yeah, you push yeah. at the gym it was yeah. like that it was like that it was a proper workout up this fucking field that's up a massive the field's like on a hill i'm pushing these two massive bloody pumpkins in a wheelbarrow up the field and then freya's just like walking along beside me and i'm like sweating she's like isn't this lovely i'm like yeah yeah it's great I'm like it's great. dripping in so sweat I had, to, I had to at the end before I left, it was kind of like doing a race. I had to get a full fat Coke from the cafe because I was like, I've got depleted, <laughs> depleted my energy stored pushing these fucking pumpkins around for an hour. So, so yeah, I went to a pumpkin patch. I love for these kind of pick your own places. Like whoever worked out that instead of selling all their produce really cheaply to a supermarket, they could just charge people loads more to drive yeah. out to them individually <laughs> pick them themselves so they don't have to pay any picking costs Mm -hmm. and then they can sell them more expensively to people who just come and get them and they can pretend it's fun oh yeah definitely what a great business i mean it was fun i did feel like i was like i was sort of pretending to be a farmer i did feel like that this is my field and these are my pumpkins i've grown with care and i was like picking them and stuff so what a great scam that is (laughs) you've got to give it to them that is amazing oh god i did i i I did feel like a bit of a laborer i was absolutely sweating but yeah so that was that was good fun anyway how's how's classic millennial classic millennial has never done any hard work and does it for a couple of hours and feels like oh yeah this is proper this is great fun yeah i experienced what it is to be a farmer it's exactly nowadays. the same, yeah. 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 It's really fun. Farmers have loads of yeah, fun. Yeah, they you know, do, like. and they, they only pick two pumpkins at a time. <laughs> yeah, over the whole afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go and have it's a full-fat Coke in the cafe. <laughs> that's the end of their, that's they, the end of their shift. <laughs> don't know what they complain about. I know, it's easy, easy. Anyway, what have you been up to? I've been to North Wales for a bit. We went, in, uh, went, went up a few mountains and things. Uh, as it turns out, mountain biking is fucking brilliant. 
Uh, I'd forgotten about that because actually, again, from those first set of notes, I think maybe the episode one or two, I think I mentioned I was going to go mountain biking. Um, and when I used to do it, I had a really old bike, which was incredibly heavy. And I hated it because the chain fell off. I think last time I went, the chain fell off eight times. Oh that was really, really annoying. I didn't wear gloves and I mashed up my thumbs as well. Uh, but I've been mountain biking in Coy de Brennan in North Wales. And it's amazing. They've got these amazing trails there. If you're anywhere near North Wales, they've got marked walking trails, running trails, mountain bike trails. They've got a mobility scooter specific trail, which Ooh. is nice and flat, which means you get all the nice views uh, of the forest, you know, uh, really accessibly. They've got a fantastic cafe there. You can hire bikes. Uh, it is a fantastic place. I loved it. And it's free. All of those things are free. Mm. Just the car park at most is seven quid, which is nothing. Nice. Um, so that is really, really good. We did like a uh, 15k mountain bike course, came back and did a little bit of it again because we had so much fun. And it meant that William could just run off lead ahead of us the whole way as well. So nice. he could to run at his pace for like an hour and a half, which means he was absolutely ruined. Um, I got some horrendous gopro footage because i the whole time wore the gopro i thought this is gonna be great i've got great footage of william running ahead of the bike me doing really cool things on the bike and the whole thing is just pointing almost straight down because on my chest and i'm leaning forward and it's just pointing straight down and it's just the frame of the bike and my hands and that's it so that's completely worthless <laughs> hour and a half of footage so never mind nice. we also went up eroitha or snowden and my legs hurt for three days afterwards. We went up a really fun way, Miner's Path, which is like pretty much flat for about 3K and then just like up a cliff. Oh it's one of those it's one of those kind of scrambles, kind of climbs where you kind of look ahead and a lot of places you can't see a path. You can just see people picking their own individual paths up. But then in the middle of nowhere, there's just these steps. And I'm just always so impressed when I go up mountains, which isn't actually that frequently really, but I do like it. Like you're miles from anywhere, you're 800 meters up, and there's a path, like someone has got these massive rocks, shaped them, dug a hole, put a rock in, filled all around it, and then done that for miles and miles apart. Mm. And it's just so much work. I just can never help just like, but just look at it and just be really impressed by just how much manual work that is. It's probably a millennial did it for a couple of hours and had a really fun time. <laughs> Come and build your own A little bit of work path. experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, something like that. But uh, yeah, I just always love that kind of thing. But um, that was really fun. And then we went down the Lamberis path. So we had some nice weather on the way up. Uh, we all got into the clouds, uh, kind of as you do, about 800 meters up. So couldn't see anything on top. So I like, went to the top, uh, got that quick photo of nothing because there's nothing to take a photo of. And then ran down. The Lamberis path is like a long mostly runnable path and so i was running down being pulled by william because he has to be on a lead because it's the rules up there because the sheep around and as i said before being pulled downhill by a dog is the hardest thing mm -hmm. you'll ever do in running especially when it was about four miles of actual running it hurts so much i overtook a guy at the bottom who was just walking he was like oh my quads are really hurt and i've been putting on the brakes the whole way down and like yeah i've been running and putting on the brakes <laughs> the whole way down that is really hard work so mm. my legs are absolutely killing me then i went to conwy park run which was very nice as well i haven't really done any proper long runs which is a bit of a worry considering i've got this massive 24-hour race coming up but you know probably fine isn't it a bit of cross training yeah. is what i've done instead i've done strength training which is probably just as good yeah 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 yeah. that that, that will substitute a long run easy yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah maybe two or three yeah. um i also gave blood and i got complimented on my new watch and my low heart rate by the nurses Ooh. so I don't know if that was just them being like, oh, well, just pick something to talk about just to distract him a little bit or whether it, it was because the guy asked me and he asked if it was a Garmin. I said, no, it's a Coros and we're talking about that. So I'm like, oh, this guy's interested. And then 
Um, I was I checked my watch while I was given blood, and she was like, "Oh, it's a low heart rate you've got there." I'm like, "52, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm pretty relaxed." <laughs> so yeah, that was always a nice little uh, compliment to get while mm-hmm. given blood. Uh, and great news, another toenail gone. Ugh, Didn't expect that one. So I'm down to six. Nice. Down to six toenails. Well, I mean, there are like little toenails underneath those, really. But yeah, that was a nice little surprise. So Ugh. good fun. It's Green Man is still paying off. Yep, love it. <laughs> really pleased about that so that's that's my week that's pretty exciting and then i did park run with you i say with you i just ran off ahead because yeah. i didn't want to run at your speed because it's boring yeah <laughs> but we did go for some very nice food afterwards we did yeah yeah very nice and pippin came pippin didn't do park run because pippin no. pippin would just get in the way but she did come afterwards to the cafe which is the main thing and she had a puppuccino with william so yeah, yeah. they had their little puppuccinos and that crazy eyes yes when they get a, a pot and like well actually most of the puppuccino i think holly ate most of william's puppuccino because she was like oh whipped cream i'll have that and just like just like scooping bits off the top and I'm like hey it's for him <laughs> i should have got her her own one <laughs> but, uh, yeah no spoon just go in with your tongue yeah uh, anyway, uh, for those that actually enjoy the terrible singing that punctuates this podcast and has done over the years, they're now all available on our YouTube channel, which you can find. Search Runny's BS on YouTube or from the link tree on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. They're all in a playlist, so you can just play them in a loop if, you, if you're completely insane. Could you imagine somebody going on a long car journey? It's like, oh yeah, let's get let's get the Running is BS playlist out and let's all sing along oh, all the way. Imagine Nicola running along with a phone in her hand and then like me start singing out of that. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> Hopefully one day Amy will put a song on there as well. I'm still trying to get her to oh, do one. I will do, I will do. We'll get around to it. <laughs> Next up from the podcast that brought you an exclusive interview with Matt O'Keefe slash Massive Keith, the man who finished third at the 2022 Dragons Back race, we can now go one better by speaking to the man who finished 28th at the 2023 edition and the woman who followed him around all week in the car. We're joined by two guests today to talk all about the Dragons Back race, both from the point of view of a runner and from someone who had to live with that runner and follow them all over Wales, training and racing. So please welcome Ben and Cassie Jones. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us. And a quick recap for our listeners. The Dragon's Back Race is a six-day stage race that starts in Conway Castle on the north coast of Wales and finishes in Cardiff Castle after 236 miles of mountains, bogs, forests and everything in between. It's another race that builds itself as one of the toughest in the world and probably the only one has a famous stop at a local bakery mid-race. We'll get on to the bakery uh, later on. Firstly, most important question to Cassie. How sick of you, how sick were you of the race before it even started? <laughs> the amount of times I've had, I've been forced to watch YouTube clips of Dragon's Back. Hey, watch this 92 version of people, like really grainy footage of people reading maps in rain. <laughs> the amount of times that's had to come out. But actually, by the by the time... By the time it came round, you know, I, I actually really enjoyed, I, this probably isn't what you want to hear, but I really enjoyed the week and them um, sporting, but it's been a long two years <laughs> in the making. That was going to be my next question then. So it was two years, uh, the whole kind of from like when you first definitely decided, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, um, it, it, it wasn't something I willy-nilly just thought, oh, I, I think I spoke to Massive Keith. Had a yeah. had a fell race that I DNF six miles in. 
Perfect into, time to sign up for like a massive <laughs> race. <laughs> into a twenty mile, into a twenty mile race, six miles. I'm walking back to the to the start line. I spoke to uh, massive Keith at that point, and uh, he was saying he was taking on the dragon's back. And I'd always wanted to do this race, and I think then I started thinking, well, not at that point because I I just DNF, but I it, it was then I was like, right, I need to start getting my backside into gear. So yeah, it was about two years before i decide before the race okay so how long were you actually training for because i think i remember when you said you were definitely going to do it i know i remember you saying you were going to do it and i thought oh perhaps it'll be two years time or so and then you were like no no it's going to be this year or like the you know in I, year's time. I thought it was going to do another year if i'm honest before when he signed up i thought there was going to be like a another year and perhaps like not wreck it but um take uh take part in the volunteering and stuff like that but it was yeah year last year yeah year, year training but last year so well we're 2023 in 2022 i chose ultra races that were hilly and like purposely for me to see if i could <clears throat> do these type of ultras mm-hmm. so last year i knew i was gonna enter it i think I put in my calendar that the day that the entries went open like like they'd sell out straight away yeah. like this race doesn't sell out, but I wanted to like enter on the day because I I don't know why I just thought I I needed to do that. Um, and as soon as they went live at ten o'clock, I think it is like September the year before they do it. Maybe uh, this right at the start of September, and I I then signed up. So yeah, I had a year. I knew I had three hundred sixty five days essentially. So that was like your proper training, but you were low key kind of training for it up to then as well. So yeah. In that year as well, because I remember I was looking through your Strava for something and I just I was just looking back and I saw the amount of reckeys that you did. Like you must have covered pretty much the whole course. Oh, I wish I had the map. With me. I know you love a map, Stuart. Oh. I wish I had a map with me now. So um, I the, the the map that they use, that the, the big whales and the lines, it, it draws lines through. We, we blew that up and put it on, I don't know, what size? A1? What, what, what would be the size of it? Like a, a huge wall cover. It's like six or seven feet, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even A sizes. It's like the size of the wall. I, yeah, I put this it next to my where, treadmill. Is, can originally. I just say, this is where Ben has these grand ideas and he just says to me, can you make it happen? Because he knows <laughs> that I'm good on computers in inverted yeah. uh, commas there. It was a great uh, training motivator because it was it was right by the treadmill downstairs. So I'd always I'd be staring at that map. So when I was on the treadmill, I was like, right, this is this is the reason why you're doing this. But um, we I think a week before the race, me and Cassie highlighted where I'd reckied. We kind of guessed, and I think we covered about seventy percent of mm. of the map. Um, it was places I didn't go. Um, I planned to um, the Renogs, which are. Um, I think it's day two, and it's the second part of day two. Um, and we, Cassie, went up to North Wales to wreck it, and bloody Cassie sprained her ankle <laughs> on 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 the Friday. And I wasn't brave enough to do uh, that stretch. I think it was it would have been about eighteen miles on my own. So uh, I say I'm not brave enough. I was sensible enough not oh, okay. to do. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I if he something went wrong on that run that was like going to the 18 or 17 miles that day. There was no way that I could drive a car anywhere near him. So he's like, nah, we won't do that bit then. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm assuming just like training has took over your life for that period. Like I'm assuming you've 
maybe miss some important things. I don't know, like holidays, anyone's birthday, oh, yeah. things like that. <laughs> <Holidays. laughs> you mentioned the H word, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we purpose, um, it's another holiday thing. I think we, I made excuses of going after Snowden as part of the holiday. So yeah, that's a holiday. Uh, yeah, like Lambaris is lovely, right? And better Sakoi than all yeah. those places, are gorgeous places when they're sunny and dry or, you know, not when it's raining <laughs> like it does in rain most of the week, uh, most of the time. Um, yeah, I, it, 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 like training does, you literally, it does become like it does take over your life. It, it almost became part of my personality, which I'm ashamed to say. Like, almost. <laughs> I almost felt I almost felt like I needed to come with a warning label, like, oh, I'm bad, I'm doing the I'm doing the drag back race. I, I do feel sorry for people who have, you know, come into contact with me in the last sort of 18 months. Yeah, just let you know I've got no other chat. This is all I've got to talk about. So if you're not interested, <laughs> yeah, head off. essentially, yes. I will bore you with it. <laughs> uh, so speaking of uh being sunny and dry or you know or rainy and wet as it usually is this is actually the hottest and driest year it's ever been at dragon's back i don't think you saw any rain at all so we just want to know like how much this year was dehydration a factor and how much of that was just from you crying (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's so amazing so you know when you're you know the kit list as you can imagine is not i say i wouldn't say it's extensive but it's it's thorough and like Mm. And a lot of it is to do with wet kit. It's like the amount of waterproof and the amount of like time I, you know, sweated over like, oh, have I got the right jacket? Have I got the right trousers? I, I, oh, I need two pairs of gloves and I have to have this waterproof glove. Like it just, and then all of that just didn't matter. Mm. <laughs> I, like the waterproof kit didn't come didn't come out of its its thing. I rolled it up into and put it was it sat at the bottom of my hydration vest and never and never came out. But the, uh, to answer your second part of your question, yeah, there was there was a lot of tears. I, there's there's a lot of places I did cry. Um, uh, I, I don't know why. I, I'm not a massive crier, but it, um, when uh, day day five, the beacons, I'd just finished. I, I won't call it the horseshoe, but I'd done the Penavan, uh, Fanabig, and not Cribbin and Fanabig. Mm-hmm. And when I was on Fanabig. I turned around to look because it was it actually was you know nice and sunny up there and I could see the, the all the lumps and bumps and I, I started crying because I was like it was almost like I was saying goodbye to Penavan for for a bit, <laughs> which, which is so weird, right? Oh. It just I just felt I was like yeah I was saying waving goodbye to it. I'll be back up there in January the new year, but in my head it was like oh I I, I won't see you now, friend, for a while. But yeah, oh. that, that, that 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 was the first where the tears flew and then. Day six, there was a lot of it, especially hitting parts where I spend a lot of time. So, and, and like day six hits Cardiff, um, and a lot, a lot of the places you uh, I run on a on my long runs on Sunday, you kind of touch the part of the route, mm-hmm. and it's just, it, again, it was just like full circle. I was like crying. <laughs> I don't know if it, I, I was probably very exhausted, but crying because I know I was going to finish this race, and it was like. Uh, all these places were had trained me to you know to get to the finish line mm-hmm. but yeah and then the finish line crying yeah there was there was a lot of tears I, mean, I can't say I blame you at all I, I just imagine after like day two or three your brain was just jelly basically and you were just I've seen day so one, many videos one. I've seen yeah. many videos that my favorite one is um when you're complaining about your legs and you point to your legs and you say what are these 
Cassie says, oh, <laughs> you mean shorts? Are your shorts okay? You know, no, no, the muscles, what are they? Your quads. Yeah, yeah, they hurt. <laughs> I didn't think that was bad until I looked at it later on. I was like, why the hell did I ask that? But it, day, day one, my brain was mushed. I think uh, 20 miles in because of the heat, it just, for the week then just becomes, a, it's so bizarre. It just becomes a blur. Like the amount of times I thought I'd not, um, I, well, sorry, I thought I hadn't packed my salt tabs. So I took, um, I'd taken salt tabs of, uh, with me and every single day I kept putting them in my drop bag, but I needed them like for ha- mm. the halfway point. So in the morning and throughout the day, I was desperate for salt tabs. I was like, again, you put them in your drop bag, Ben, like because my brain, my brain couldn't just function when I got into, te- when I got into camp. And what what was the camp like? Because I guess a lot of people, a lot of our listeners have done ultras, but not multi day events. So what's what are the camps like in the evenings? I'll I'll start the the washing facilities are not not what I enjoy when I when I've done a long run. Like I'm definitely the princess of this house, and if if I've done a long a long run, I love a bath bomb. I I'm not ashamed to say it. I like to relax in a bath, but day one you come off you're, you're boiling you're, you're like you're sweaty you probably really badly smell of you know body odors and then you have to get in a river which is freezing cold it's it's just it's just freezing cold and then i a lot of other people who were obviously outdoorsy people were enjoying it and they could dunk their head under and lie under it and properly wash I'm just there, up to my ankles, and just trying to slap water. Any, like any dropping way a bath bomb in and watching it no. float away very quickly. <laughs> I, I was thinking of ways like, can I take a bin liner and then sort of sit in the bin liner with a bath bomb in there? But uh, <laughs> it, it's it's just not me, and it, I, I did struggle with the whole washing um, the washing facilities. But um, the other stuff, it's uh, I, I got a coach for this, and uh, the, one of the first things she told me was not in a bad way to be, but be antisocial. So mm. when you get in, it's all about recovery. So you know, don't go and have those twenty-five minute chats, and because uh, it, it eats into your recovery time. And I was like, oh, be antisocial. That's that's easy. I can do that. I'm <laughs> I'm very good at that. But the problem is, you're in a you're in an environment with loads of other people that have the same hobby as you. So that <laughs> you like to talk about the same things that they're talking about. So you do spend a lot of time, you know, meeting, you know, you talk to strangers or, or people you've passed or they've passed you on the day and they saw, they saw you a low point. So they want to ask how it was. So it, it is a, it is quite a nice environment because of the people that are there. They, you know, they're into the same thing as you. Um, the food, excellent. The, the, <laughs> there's like this whole thing about the dragon's back chips, the amount of chips they go through. You can tell why, because it's just, it, if whenever you finish these long races or uh, ultras or even you know uh, marathons and things like that you you know you crave carbohydrates or you crave those kind of salty things and yeah it, the food is the food is fantastic um what other things oh yeah a campmates <laughs> so um when you uh the, the tents are eight people sharing uh so it's like a big uh it's got a big open compartment in the middle like a communal area where you can a lot of people left their drop, yeah, let leave their drop bags, and when they get in in the night, they put them in the middle, and then you have four separate compartments where you share, so two people share. Luckily enough, I had a friend who I'd uh, met sort of start of the year who's doing it, and we'd we'd done a couple of recce's together, so we were happy to share a compartment. Um, 
but then like essentially you don't get you know if they sort of put people in the tent as I, I don't I don't even know how they do it. I don't know if they do it by number order or um just first come, first serve. But the other six other guys that we shared were with um they were Dutch Marines. <laughs> so I remember the th- I remember the first night coming in and I went I went into the tent and I was gonna go and uh, take my top off to go in and they were all there topless. And I, I just I was just like, you know, don't take your top off in your tent. They were like these Adonises, like you know, properly as you would expect a Marine, six pack, and I was just I just left the tent and sort of took my top off outside, like Aww. really coy. <laughs> Your little towel round you, round your top while you take <laughs> yeah. your top off. Don't let anyone see. Although, although only one of the only one of those Dutch runners did complete the race, so I, I should have. Shouldn't I? When I finish, I should have taken my top off at the at the finish yeah. line. Sort of it around my head. Yeah. So you can apply for the Dutch Marines now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, someone had mentioned the guys. They were frog men. So I, I did my game. My brain was mushed. So I probably wasn't. I probably didn't ask yeah, enough questions. Thing, isn't just it? Oh, right. So they like. Well, what scuba divers? <laughs> Essentially, <yeah. laughs> they were they were very muscular scuba divers. Yeah, divers. It's bold doing a mountain race from the Netherlands, isn't it? I'm just yeah. about to say, not known for their mountains, are they? The, the Netherlands. <laughs> well, quite, I asked, what I know they, they probably get it all the time, right? You know, when you ask a Dutch how are you train for these? Um, mm. Apparently, they go to Belgium a lot. Um, that's where they go to train. Um, I don't know how far it is. Again, I didn't ask. I was, too, I was too busy hiding my little puny, my little puny arms. <laughs> um, kind of generally about the week, what was the, because I know you did loads of training, you did all the recce's you had, you know, you coached and everything, but what was the thing that like surprised you most about it? What didn't you expect? Oh, the weather. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who would have predicted hot sunny weather for a week in yeah. Wales in September? Literally planned for the worst weather with yeah. waterproof kit and stuff. And then the day before, we went to my parents before, because they're in North Wales, before going to Conway for the Sunday for the race. And um, it was literally unpacking stuff. Like, I'm not taking that. There's no point taking that. Putting new stuff in, just because it was like, I hadn't even thought of the the fact that it was actually going to be hot. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put a vest in and not another T-shirt, that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, what, what did surprise me about... Um, it went on day one. Um, you know, when you if you think about doing six months, you think like you've got a. I, how I thought of it was, I had a full tank of petrol on day one, and I was only going to burn twenty percent of that petrol, so I, I'd have enough to see me through the week. But on day one, I know for a fact I'd gone through. I'd empty the tank because it was so hot. I'd gone to zero, and I was like, so. I, I knew I was going to finish day one sort of at the halfway point, but I was like, oh, there's no way, the way I feel now, there's no way I can do anything. Tomorrow is going to be a, a no-go. I'm going to get up and I'm going to struggle. But what I did find amazing is what the, when you're, when you've got adrenaline or you're in that environment, how easy it is to get up and go again the following day. It, it, and it was the same every morning. I thought, I really thought it was going to be a struggle and like that was going to be the battle of, Oh, I like getting up in the morning and like sort of motivate myself but it, that kind of doesn't happen you get into sort of uh, your body goes right okay get up go and eat and then you're dropping your bags in and then you're going again and that was a surprise of how easy it was to get going in the morning I mean you have your low points in the middle of the day or something you know you, you, you do have you do have those battles later on in the day but yeah the, the, the getting up in the mornings was um, I was surprised how oh, I, relatively easy that was 
Yeah, because you were pretty much out of the camp each morning by about 20 past six, because we were tracking you obsessively for the whole week. And so it's about 20 past six every day. So you're getting up. I mean, some nights you're getting in nine o'clock and then you're leaving again just after six. So it's, it's really, that's a tough turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, the, the alarm clock, uh, I think I'm sleeping roughly about 10 o'clock every night. So 10, half past 10, and you, you'd you be surprised how quickly your head, you go to sleep when your head hits, uh, hits a pillow because you were saying, well, there's loads of people still coming in, there's noise, and it's all irrelevant because you're so tired, you hit the pillow, and then your alarm clock goes at half past four, and it's like, right, eat. <laughs> so the plan was to try and leave at six that, um, every morning, but there was always a queue. There was like, because everyone, you know, if anyone watches the Dragon's Back documentaries, that the biggest advice they say is oh, always leave as early as you can. I it was more painful to do that because there was a queue of people to leave at that point, so you could get up to all your bits and bobs, but you'd still be around for ten minutes waiting for them to um, check you out, and because mm-hmm. they still give you a bit of a brief in the morning. Um, so the time I dropped my bag in, it was about twenty past six, and every the front batch had gone, and then I was just kind of going through my own. And I actually worked out my favour because what it does is you've always got a bunch of people in front of you, so um, it helps with navigation slightly because yeah. you've got you've got heads you can look at. And again, do you know what navigation? I mean, these these races are self nav, but you've got GPX files on your watch, you've got a map, and they um, they supplied a digital map this year, which is which was so good. Like you could have it on your phone, and it was one of those ones you could just point your phone, and it would sort of direct you. To what way you should have gone so mm. navigation on that race has become i would say relatively i would say straightforward but if you're really nervous or get anxious about navigation it's probably one of the i didn't go wrong once i don't think i can't remember taking one wrong turn no, which is so. which is really for me i, I know i've got i've got lost on a half on a on a city half marathon so <laughs> navigation <laughs> navigation was always a big worry but yeah it was relatively straightforward and one of the most important questions, what did you get from the bakery? So there's two, there was two bakeries. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm trying to go back. Shandabri, isn't it? Oh, is the main one, yeah. So McCuntleth is the shops and they've got bakeries there, but everyone just goes to the shops. I think I hit two shops in McCuntleth on day three. I ice lollies and stuff in the first one. And then I did like a snack and food one in the second one. But the bakery in Llandavri, um, again, because of the weather, it was uh, Coke, <laughs> I think two mm. cans of Coke, um, Lucas Aid. This is like eight o'clock in the morning, though, as well. <laughs> yeah. I saw a lot of people, Yeah, I, the little bit I came to see at um, uh, Penavan, a lot of people running with cans of Coke. I'm like, that must be a lot of training, is drinking something as fizzy as a can of Coke and then running for miles. That's some hard training. Yeah, it, it, but oh, you like everyone... It, you, these bakeries could have made a killing because if they'd have said to me, you know, if there was just a guy outside with a bum mm. bag and he was just selling coke, he could have just said twenty quid, like twenty quid for a coke, and I would, and not just me, everyone in that race would have paid twenty quid for a can of coke. It was, it was <laughs> the, the one thing that everyone, you could just see people in the shops. I think in um, in one town, I think it was McCuntleth, one at the co-op, which is close to the checkpoint, had sold out to full fat coke. Because of the um, uh, hatchlings had started at that point and had all sort of yeah. raided the shop before they run, bought all the full fat coke. So when the full people had come in, they they basically they were having diet coke, which really doesn't help at all, right? Because there's, there's no sugar in it at all. 
But yeah, I try to think what I had from the bakery. Food. Oh, I picked up a egg custard tart. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was not the probably the smartest thing to buy, you know, because I put it in my, I had a, you know, I didn't eat it straight away because I was too busy drinking the Coke, but I put it in my front belt and it did squash a little bit. But I remember, I remember sort of trying to eat it walking up a hill and I, just because it was so big and I, I, it was like literally like a child would eat something. It was just all over my nose and my mouth and I didn't want the pastry. I just wanted the, the delicious egg custard tart. Yeah. yeah. And now you can see why the cover photo looks like a man on meth stealing from a local shop. Yeah, it's not a good photo, that is oh, it, bless him. He, look, he looks awful. <laughs> the poor boy, he had a tough week. Mm-hmm. We'll give him that. You can support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donating money every month. New to the list this month is Kiara Evans and Adam Baker, who found us from Running Is Dumb, and Nathan, who was our guest last time. So we're glad that interview has really paid off, quite literally. <laughs> we are making the money, yes. Leewood, Martin, Jesse, David, Tintel, Ruth, KP, Jason, Sphinx, Maria, Wicks, Sandra, Heinz, Matt, Burroughs, yes, Ryan Simpson, Nikki Fuck. Jones, Adam, Acton, Kel Ryder, Jim Ramkirk. Victoria, Dick, Elliot, Lion, Shamsalik, Adam, Adam Baker, Victoria, Magnus, Daniel, Braun, Karen, Blaley, St. Gibbon, Gabby, Thomas, Naya, Claire, Davis, Ruth, Jordan, Shepard, Jonathan, Carter, Matt, H, Andy, Nichols, Jay, Howells, Sophie, Jacks, Tyra, Evans, Julia, Paige, Abigail Hartman, Graham Packland, Charlie Neverson, Norms Dawson, Sky Cat Everett. Francis Howe, Neil Denton, Matt Newbury, Jenny Tenasby, Gregory C. J. Angela Foster, Swales Machowski, Elizabeth Reese, Martin Kaplan, Andy Robbins, Agendas, David Irwin, Karen Hamilton, Captain Steve Robson, Debbie Hurley, Sherry Grubbs, Ian Thompson, Bernard, Deb McCarthy, Alice Newstead, Clark Gilmore, Anthony Howe, Tony Howes, Matt, Catherine, Sherry Kinnison, Ivan. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running is BS. Let us know why you hate running this week. 
Gabby Naya wants to talk about what she saw in the Berlin Marathon Portaloos. Mostly so she can let everyone know she did the Berlin Marathon, obviously. Yeah, we know. We know, we know you did the Berlin Marathon. She said, it's obviously a busy marathon with about 48,000 participants. That is a lot of nervous wheeze and other things that need to be processed before the start. And hence a lot of possible content for the podcast. Yes, people did not shut doors. Standard. No paper. God. But there was one cubicle which was a dangerous biohazard because a strategic hover to avoid incidents by others was not enough. The floors and walls and inside of the door were sprayed with excrement. Mate, this is a sign to DNS. You are not well. Who is spraying? I always wonder that because I've, I've had like... I've had jobs before, like, as a teenager, where part of that job, like, in customer service would be to go and check toilets. And every now and again, you go and check the toilet and there'd be shit up the walls. And you're like, how? How is this even like, possible? How are you spraying in multiple directions? Yeah. Is it like a balloon going off and it's just I, all I honestly, over the place? Are they flying around inside there just being propelled by their own shit? I honestly don't understand it. I, I don't understand how that can happen. It's so strange. Mm. And that is, yeah, at the portaloo. That's that kind of one you, you do see sometimes, don't you, in the portaloo queue. Someone walks up to a toilet, opens the door and just co- closes the door. And they're like, nope, 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 not, not doing that. <laughs> it does remind me of a, a story that someone told me uh, I used to work with years ago who used to be in the army. Obviously, army jokes are always going to be a bit crude. And he said one of the portaloos he went into once, it had basically got to the point where it had piled up and piled up, literally, to the point where he walked in there and someone had put a little union flag in the top of the ship pile. <laughs> and he just said it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life. <laughs> and he couldn't stop laughing for about 10 minutes. Oh my God. Completely forgot he needed to go to the loo. Yep. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I think, I think portaloos now are probably better. I don't think mm. they quite pile up in the same way as they used to. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Danny Norman has also had issues with arse wiping with tracing paper toilet tissues in public toilets on hot, sweaty runs. That's pretty bad. I mean, that's even if you're lucky enough to have toilet paper or indeed a public toilet in the first place. But when you get that really shit thin paper, like it's it's almost useless. Honestly, like... I, I guess men think about this a little less because they don't need toilet paper as often as women. But I, in, my, in my bag, I just carry some toilet paper now. Just carry a bit of toilet yeah. paper. Not necessarily so I can shit in the woods and leave toilet paper everywhere. I know you're not supposed to do that. What I mean is, though, if you're using public toilets and there either, either isn't any toilet paper or it's terrible toilet paper, you got some then. Sorted. Problem solved. Yeah, it's a smart idea. Um, and I'm realising the next team event that we do for the for the club, I am going to take a toilet. I'm going to have a club toilet roll. Mm. I'm going to pass it around. If anyone's heading to the portly queue, take the toilet roll. Do not give it to anyone else in that queue unless they're in the club. Because mm-hmm. we went to this place uh, a few weeks ago and there was a, a major lack of toilet paper. So, And I did see someone else with their own. I'm like, that's smart. I'm doing that next time. Yeah. That's a good top tip. If you go into races, especially like a big club thing, take your own toilet roll. Yeah, club toilet roll. Smart. Get it branded. Mm, yes, is that, yeah. Is that is that disrespectful? I'm not. It probably is. No, get it branded with like your with a different club. <laughs> so whoever your rival club is in your town, get their logo on your toilet paper. Yeah, that's good for motivation for club events as well, isn't it? Definitely get a few PBs after that. <laughs> 
Erin Shaw and Lee the Naked Runner would have been in touch about the Vitality 10,000. Sorry, I said the Vitality 10K earlier because I assumed it was like a typo, but no. Well, you know what? You were right because it's not a 10,000. A 10,000 metre is a track event. A 10K is a road event. I do not like the name of this event. I should write to someone. I won't, but I should. It's just really clunky as well. Vitality 10,000. Just 10K. Perhaps they were like aiming to have 10,000 people at the start or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's still wrong. Yeah. But they've been in touch about the fact it cost 50 quid. Uh, Lee's number didn't arrive in advance as it was as it was supposed to. So he arrived at 820 for his 1040 wave start where he was lucky to only take half an hour to get his number from one of the four volunteers frantically checking details off a laptop for each runner for 50 quid as well. And the queue just kept going uh, and the queue just kept growing all the way across Green Park and turned into a scrum rather than a queue. They said around 30% hadn't been issued numbers, which is still thousands of people and just four volunteers to hand them out and no organisation for where all these people would go. No apology or acknowledgement that there were any difficulties on social media, of course, and the final ways were specifically for women and to support mental health. So is the back the most inclusive place? Okay, that's that's... Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But these were completely swamped by all the people starting late, which kind of ruins the point. So you think that, like, the thing about it being 50 quid and then just being a shambles, that would really piss me off. And if I'm paying 50 quid for a 10k, I want that shit all to run perfectly smoothly. And this is London Marathon events as well. Like, they should know. They've been doing this a while. Yeah, that is just madness. Secondly, what? So people... So people... The final waves were for women and... People yeah, you with can, mental you, health I, issues. They're not like forced into it. I think they can choose. <laughs> okay. I, that's, so that you yeah. can choose a wave to go into. And there are some that I think specifically for women. Some are like for mental health. I guess it's probably perhaps for kind of charity places, things mm, like that. Okay. Or perhaps it's just a bit more spread out. Again, I don't really know. It's a London event. I don't really know. Mm. But like they're all at the back. It's like, well, it's not. Is that possibly not the most inclusive place to put them? No, if it's waves, surely you could um, just have particular waves that I get maybe if. Uh, for people who are maybe um, neurodivergent, who may not want to stand super close to other people or whatever, then maybe yeah. you could have ways with fewer people in, but it doesn't even need to start from the back. I don't yeah. really understand. The problem is, though, because all these people were coming, like a lot of the really fast runners were coming in, hadn't got their number, took an hour and a half in the queue, and they were just like, as soon as they got the number, just ran onto the course and started whenever they could. And so then they were having to dodge in and out of these kind of um, the back markers of the race as well. So it kind of ruins that wave idea and also makes it quite dangerous to have mm. fast runners starting at the back. What a mess. Vitality yeah, and 10, I think, Yeah, I think in this queue as well, the problem is that they started saying at one point, right, oh, if you're in this wave, come to the front of the queue. And then people are like, no, you're not pushing in front of me in the queue. No. I've been here for ages. And so, yeah, that's why it just turned into complete chaos. God, you can't do that. What they should have done is had more volunteers and split it up maybe by wave and it would make it easier for them to hand S- out Send the... out the numbers in advance like you're supposed to. Oh, yeah, to. yeah, of course. That for 50 quid, I'm pretty sure you can afford a stamp. God, yeah. Caroline, the average athlete at Average Maybe, said, Trail races are bullshit. Pretty, yes, but I live in a flat place. (laughs) My three closest park runs combined have a metre of elevation. My training runs only have a hill as there's a bridge over the main road. I did a 10k race last week, and not only was it 10.6k, it had 158 metres of elevation. Oh my goodness. There's so much hills. Oh, you poor thing. 
I feel your pain though. I feel your pain because most of my runs, if I didn't att- if I didn't try, I would just be running on flat all the time. I have to go and make an effort to go find the hills. I, I 158 meters of hills. That's adorable. <laughs> Poor thing. Rachel Bullmore says, "Hey, okay, I'm only mm-hmm. a third of the way through this week's episode, but I had to respond. I live in London, but I'm a Northerner through and through, from Yorkshire originally. Ah. Oh God, I bet she goes on about yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. My first day down the pit. I go for my slow Sunday runs along the Greenway between East Ham and Stratford in East London. I make a point to say morning, hi." At least nod or wave to fellow runners, dog walkers and anyone else mad enough to be up and about at six in the morning. I usually get lovely responses from the dog walkers, pedestrians and even local cyclists, but only about 10% of runners even acknowledge me with eye contact. I also notice the later the morning gets, the fewer people say hello. Separate to that, I too treated myself to a Brudini from Burden Blend and oh my god, it's such a cool device. Dare I say it, I think I prefer using it to a teapot if only making tea for me. Of course. Anyway, I need to listen to the rest of the episode, but yeah, that really spoke to me about London runners just not having time nor inclination to say hi to fellow runners. Oh, well. Yeah, it's weird. Well, a slightly different thing. Like when you're running in the afternoon or the evening and you kind of want to acknowledge another runner, but like morning is just such a nice, easy thing, but mm. evening feels a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Or afternoon. You can't say good afternoon mm. to another runner. That's really weird. Evening is a bit weird. Mm. So I don't know. Do you, I think you just have to do like a bit of a nod then, like the upwards nod. Mm. Yeah. I Raise think, the eyebrows a bit. I think evening and afternoon sound very formal. It's morning. Yeah. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's just easy. And it's true. The, the earlier you do it, the more likely you are to get a response. I think I think because nicer people are out in the, early in the morning. Yeah. Because they're the dog walkers and the runners and they're generally just better people, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and the later it gets, the slightly weirder it gets to say morning. For some reason. Yeah, yeah. Or you get that thing where you, where it goes over uh, lunchtime, over past 12 o'clock, and you've been out for two or three hours, mm. and you haven't realised, and you keep saying good morning to people when it's like half past 12, one o'clock. Yeah. I've done that a few times. Yeah. I always think as well, if I go out early in the morning, I'm really safe. I'm thinking, well, all the weirdos, I always say to myself, all the weirdos are in bed. Like, I know weirdos' yeah. bedtime. All weirdos share the same bedtime. Anyone that would yeah. possibly want to harm me is still in bed at this time. They're you know? up doing weird things late at night, That's not early in the That's morning. That's what I think, because you can't have it both ways. You can't be at risk as a woman going out late at night and early in the morning. When are these people sleeping? So, you know what? Top tip for the weirdos there. <laughs> switch up a bit. Switch your shifts around a bit. <laughs> we'll never, we'll never expect Ooh. you. Never expect you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. We have a race report from Andy Nichols, who we paid to do some orienteering in London. And he sent us a thousand words... And also said, hoped that would be enough, which it really is. That's a lot. So an edited version of his day is this. He says, being race fresh is BS. The London City Race is a popular urban orienteering event with nearly a thousand entrants taking part in Rotherhive this year. Going to London is a long way to only do one race, so I made it an even earlier start by visiting Southwark Park Run first, close to where the race started. I managed to channel my inner ultra runner and walked the whole way. Glad I wasn't running as it was already scorching. So far so good and a cheeky coffee and tart to refuel before the race. Having carefully read the pre-race instructions, I forgot everything they said and had to panic jog to the start, arriving 10 seconds before my allotted pre-start time. The lady in charge of the start had taped the safety info sheet to her chest, which made it slightly awkward to read. (laughs) That's really odd. I set off on my 10k-ish route, trying to avoid the traps of the course planner. I crossed over to the docks area, which is where it all went horribly wrong. 
Having gone under an underpass, it should have been easy to decide which way to go, but brain fade took over and I wandered around for 10 minutes, completely lost, in the wrong housing estate, but with lots of other orienteers going around me to other controls. So I thought I can't be that wrong. So I checked the control numbers on a few checkpoints and that didn't help because they weren't actually on my map, they were for different routes. Uh, but I eventually found one that was and got briefly back on track, then made the classic error of trying too hard to catch up the lost time and went wrong again. Next was a point where you flip the map over, trying to find where you are on the map again and carry on. My adult brain and eyesight gave up in the heat at this point and I went the long way around, ending up only 5 metres away from the next control, but sadly on the wrong side of an uncrossable wall. Cue more profanities and a long run back around. God, orienteering is just <laughs> savage. The next bit was the long leg. There's always one of these thrown in, taking you from one end of the map to the other. I felt happy with my route choice, although exhausted by this point. That's when they threw in the complicated bits again. Intricate tower block areas with cut-throughs, fences, and going around in circles, all looking the same. All in all, a perfectly designed course in a lovely area, butchered horribly by me, finishing in 62nd place out of 119. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. For all that complaining. Mm. As I'd taken about 50 minutes longer than I hoped, there was no time to cool down properly and change into my nice clothes. So I winged it, headed to the West End as a sweaty mess in my running kit to meet my wife for a trip to the theatre, hastily changing in a pub toilet just before the show. Oh. The show, Moulin Rouge, was fantastic. Then a meal and walked Christy back to her train before heading to my hotel for the night. Walking back through Soho was propositioned by a prostitute. I must look like the sort that does. To complete the weekend, I then headed over to Brunel University for the British Sprint Relay Orienteering Champs with a couple of teammates for a much shorter, easier run in cooler weather and actually managed to vaguely sprint the final leg. Hurrah! Cheers, Andy. What an adventure. Well, orienteering is always mm. absolutely an adventure. And if you do want a slightly longer version of the story, you can find Andy Nichols and become his friend. He'll probably tell you. Okay. <laughs> I do want to do some more orienteering next year. I'm thinking about it again next year because I do enjoy it, but it's just, for me, it's so stressful. I do think more people would enjoy it if they gave it a go. So I'm really trying to get kind of noobs to do it. But um, it's just the way I approach it because, again, I think I can read a map really well and I can't. So I find it incredibly stressful. But, yeah, it is good fun. It's, it's a nice, different thing to do. Most of my runs involve some sort of orienteering, the way I do them. So, yeah. Yeah, your very familiar routes still do get very confusing. Yes. <laughs> Let's get back to being slightly mean to Ben because he's a better runner than we'll ever be. Uh, question for Cassie. What was it like to be a supporter all week and not be able to offer any actual support? Because um, that was tough because you weren't allowed to give him anything. You weren't allowed no. to, you weren't even allowed to run with him to pace. No, not no, like nothing at all. And I, he'd been like trying to drill it in look you can't do anything you can't give me anything and I was like yeah no I can't give you anything I can't do it anything you know no running alongside nothing like that but on the first day when he was coming into Penna Pass um he told me off because I'd gone into like autopilot cr crewing like I think I could be I could offer my services to be a crew for someone now because I've mm -hmm. done it that many times for him with the other ultras along the way. Um, I went into like autopilot crewing. I was like, have you done this? Have you do done that? Have you done that? He's like, shut up. You can't do anything like that. Shut up, leave <laughs> alone kind of thing. So then after that, I was like trying really hard not to go into, have you done this? Have you drunk this? Have you done that? Because obviously there's people who 
have got no support the whole way through and it is you know it is to a um advantage i suppose to yeah. to ben but i suppose i was probably more of an annoyance to him because every time i saw him i decided i was going to shove my phone in his face and start videoing him yeah. um and and so you know every time i'd see him like oh here he is how are you doing and he'd either look really like glum and not too good and it would literally be yes or no answers i mean sure yeah. you've seen Amy, you've probably seen the videos as well, but half the time it's like, how are you doing? And it's, yes. Are you okay? No. And it's like that the whole, the whole it's way. It's really hot. Me. I'm tired. <laughs> Bye. And like, you've, you've spent hours, like you, you, again, you spent literally the entire week following him around, driving to every but, single checkpoint. Yeah. The, and then. The time went so unbelievably quickly. Like before the week, I was thinking, crikey, I'm going to have, so much free time where I'm going to be, you know, kicking my heels, kind of not knowing what to do, or like maybe I'll read a book, something like that. There was no time for any of that. By the time you get to the place I decided to meet, I thought I would do my own runs in between, you know, seeing Ben as well. Um, and they didn't really happen mainly because it was too bloody hot and it was just not nice <laughs> to run in midday heat at that point. Um, but like I, ha I had the dog with me on day one and my parents came as well. And I think I gave everyone pretty much heat stroke on that day because we were like, we parked down the bottom of where Penna Pass is. You, there's a path that goes along the main road, basically down to the bottom where kind of the Roman road is. And in my head, I, I've done that previously with Ben and it was a quick 10, 10 minute walk, stroll up this little path. Well, in the midday heat, as we were trying to meet Ben, taking my parents and my brother and Oscar up to Penna Pass, it was literally, my mum thought she was climbing to the peak of Snowdon at this point. <laughs> and um, yeah, that, so after that, um, and everyone was really hot and bothered, the next day I took our dog back to um, my parents because it was just going to be too warm for him to be in and out of the car and in the midday heat. So that, gave, that was a little less stressful, but equally I, it's amazing how little time was left by the time I'd gone to the next place. I decided to see him and then, you know, see him and then pack the car up and then either travel to where my Airbnb was that that was the day done. And it was like that for six days. <laughs> I was so glad to see my own bed on the Friday when I got back home. Can I, can I add? So obviously Cassie following me and it was always this thing of right I'm not allowed like am I taking advantage of her because I'm some a, a member of is coming to these checkpoints but she's not going to give me anything she's just going to be there and on day on like the second day I was like I'm not really getting anything from her because all she's really doing is telling me I stink that's that's what she did <laughs> I'd come in and she'd go oh god you smell and I'd be like yes and, and then she'd be like oh but you don't you look awful too and I was like right okay I'm really not gaining or benefiting from this <laughs> heckle me yeah basically in my notes I've got generally he looked awful from the shoulders up so his face looked really bad and he stank and every time um any friend came so sort of from day three there were varying friends of Ben's and family along the way. They decided they might come for a point at one of the days. And the first thing I say to them is, he smells really bad. And um, from the shoulders up, he looks awful. And it was like that <laughs> on repeat to everyone that I saw. 
Um, and then I think when people saw him, they're like, oh, yeah, he does look really bad, doesn't he? Oh, he does smell really bad. So wait till you see the, wait till you see the Dutch Marines. They look fantastic. Shoulders <laughs> oh, yeah. up. You know, yeah. oh, shoulders down. Smell great. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that white bucket hat get less and less white oh, throughout the week. Yeah. That was nasty. That, that that was the greatest piece of kit I had. So that, <laughs> I think I got someone asked me the question, is asking me, you know, what was the best thing you took with you? And I was like, it's the bucket hat that nearly didn't go in the bag. Cassie put it on top of the drop bag um, the day before, and I was like, I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to use it. It didn't come off my head, but it started. It was brand new. It was sparkling white. And now, honest, I, 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 well, it's hard to describe it over, you know, on a podcast, but it's, it's the colour of orange. I don't know why it's orange, but it's, it's now orange. Okay, uh, we have a few listener questions in the time we've got left, which, as you can imagine, are a bit weird. Uh, Jen asked, if you saw a dragon, Eileen followed up with what colour was the dragon? And Jenny asked, what, was the dragon annoyed you were running on its back? <laughs> um, I didn't see a dragon, but... When I was washing in the river, a Belgian guy asked me if, because I've got a dragon on my back, which a tattoo of a Welsh dragon on my back, which I did when I was 16, asked me if I'd got this dragon at, like for this race. And I had to explain <laughs> to this Belgian person that this is what I, this is what you do in Wales when you're 16. You get something, you know, you get, you, you either get the three, out <laughs> yeah, you either get three feathers or you get a dragon. But yeah, so he saw a dragon and it was on my back. Okay. okay. We've got to ask as well. Jenny asked if you pooped outside and smeared it on a rock. <laughs> no pooping outside. <laughs> oh. Wow, that's quite impressive, that, actually. Yeah, do you know what the toilet thing? I do you know what? Now you can. I it was one morning movement before leaving the camp, and that was it. I did see uh, an American lady squat behind a rock just in front of me. I tried to, to defer my eyes. And then she, I, I think she had, it was a, you know, a, a pee. Um, and then she jumped up from the rock and pulled her bottoms up. And I was like, oh my God, I've, ju- I've just been flashed by, a, by an American woman. But yeah, the, you didn't see too many toilet stops across the way. You'd expect, because you're in such remote places, you'd expect to see people sort of darting off. Mm. But maybe people were just too tired and they were, you know, I don't you know. You didn't maybe. see anything smeared on any rocks. No, no smear. <laughs> just my tears were smeared on rocks, just my tears. <laughs> Uh, Ian asked about everyone's favourite subject, the chafing, and how bad was it? I learned from previous ultras that you need a tub of, you need a Vaseline on you at all times. So I, I think that's called racing smart, right? So mm-hmm. you know, rubbing Vaseline wet as and when you need to. So I did that. I, I'm not going to say I had a timer on my watch, but I every time I felt I needed to, you know, cover my body in Vaseline, I did. So no chafing. Oh, I, I, how about the feet? Anything there? No, I I, I, I got away with that, didn't I? I think well, I got away with the... when when he finished or oh, finished when we were back home and he was having his he was on his second bath of the day with a lush bath bomb, <laughs> and um, afterwards he's like, oh, I have just got this one blister on the ball of my foot, and I took a look. I was like, Christ, it is quite big actually, covering the the base of the ball of his foot. Um, you know, just it'll harden up and that'll skin will just peel right off in time one of those um and then he was like just have a look make sure it's not looking too mucky or whatever so we we cleaned it up and off he went again next day the the next bath of the day the next day um and and it carried on like this basically for a couple of days and then say the fourth day now he goes oh there was 
there was no blister there and he turned his foot over and it was basically a blister plaster that he'd forgotten was on his foot <laughs> that he'd put on his foot on day one of the dragon's back and um, because when I was trying to inspect it I was like it's really weird it's kind of sticky around the edges and I <laughs> work out what was going on anyway it came off and there was nothing underneath his foot so he had no wall wounds from six days of however many miles again that's racist smart right so i felt a little like little pain not pain but a little bit of annoyance and i put one of those blast whatever they called the foot plaster thingies on um and i forgot i put it on and then yeah it turns out it was that i thought it was a blister because it looked they're amazing those plasters right they they kind of look end up looking like skin and it just looked like a just a big (laughs) huge blister but there was no 10 days yeah. And that's impressive. I mean, yeah, again, I know I know you're desperate to reach out to Lush to get uh, some endorsement there, but whoever makes these plasters as well, you get a gig for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah, I'm lucky. I like you know, a lot of people they DNF. There was uh, one of the favorites uh, DNF the race because of blisters, John Shields. He um, you know, so I always count myself lucky with the 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 feet because yeah, it can it can ruin a lot of people's Especially when you're paying that much money to enter a race and you're and you're having to leave because you've got you know blisters. So now this is done. You kind of, I guess, mostly kind of recovered after a month or so. Is there anything next? I mean, Cassie, are you going to do it next year and just like make make it look oh, easy? I definitely felt scarred from just supporting, and I think I got like virtually the experience not the experience of doing it. That sounds wrong, but I feel like I was almost volunteering. I think I probably should have volunteered. Because that would have been quite cool to do, but um, yeah, I think I also Ben, like Ben says, uh, the Dragon's Back's got pe- kind of a piece of his heart. It might sound corny, but I feel a little bit like that too. You know, mm. kind of going on the journey, obviously being married to the person doing it, you kind of see warts and all everything that goes on. But, but it's next level hard. Like Ben, like the thing that Ben said that stuck in my head was. And he thought it was going to be so hard, but it was so much harder than he thought it was ever going to be. So to me, I'm like, well, I can't fathom that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to a little 5K around around the parks. <laughs> I've got no uh, desire to run that race again. Like, it, I think it'd be hard to motivate myself to go back and do it again. But I'm finding it difficult to not have a relationship with this race. Sounds mm-hmm. very peculiar, but it's like hooked me. So I would like to volunteer in that race. But then a week later, Shane sends out a uh, uh, race director's report and there's a, he, he's in the middle of the report. He does the Cape Wrath as well, which is a very similar type of event. And no one's ever completed the two in the year. Mm. And that sort of like a little bit of me went, oh, wouldn't it be great to be the first person to do that? But then I was like, the Cape Wrath is a more of a, you know, an outdoor, it is very much sort of self-sufficient. It's probably the so far away from what I'm comfortable with. So I was like, yeah, you wouldn't do well in Cape Wrath and then you'd have to go back into the Dragon's Back. So yeah, that it, that thought came and went very quickly, but yeah. I'd love to volunteer at one of their races. Um, but next year, yeah, I'm, multi-days, I'm not eager to go back to because the washing in streams and rivers is just not me. Um, I'd much rather my my glittery bath bomb. Um, yeah, I'd like to try a hundred miler. I've never done a hundred miles. I just want to see how you know how painful they are. So yeah, I think that'll be on my um, on my list for next year. Okay. Uh, well, in the minute and a half we've got left, the final question we have to ask is: What is the most bullshit thing about running? Oh, this is a great question. I think 
running books are the most because <laughs> they, they, what they do is they inspire you and encourage you to do these stupid things. Uh, that, again, it's not just watching the documentary. The reason why I watched the Dragonback documentary is because I'd read it in a book. And that so if it's, it gives you ideas above your station. So <laughs> I would say they should ban running books to stop people, to inspiring people. You know, we shouldn't be doing that, right? <laughs> Cassie, anything from you? Well, I agree, because that's the whole reason we got in this bloody pickle, isn't it, with uh, <laughs> the Dragon's Back race. So I, I'd have to say the same, getting dragged down with him. Oh, well, thank you both so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. And I know, I'm sure we'll see you soon, because you're just some people that we know and that we'll see around more. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both. Thank you. And seriously, if anyone knows anyone at Lush, hit us up. Because Ben, honestly, he would be the greatest ambassador they ever had. Like, he does his little um, Instagram stories, uh, non-explicit, I must say, in the bath. Uh, he has a little tray that goes over the bath. And he's got, like, his laptop on there with his, with his stories on. He's got a can of Coke, a packet of crisps and some chocolates with his bath bomb in. He's having a lovely time there. I'm always very jealous when I see that. I'm like, that looks very cosy and relaxing. It really is adorable. I mean, I had a bath a little while ago, the first time in ages, and I'm like, I'm just sitting here sweating. I don't like this at all. I don't really understand. I've made it, it's far too hot. I'm just sweating. I don't like it. Did you have Doesn't a lush bath bomb in there as well? I didn't have a bath. Oh, no, actually, no, I did have a bath bomb. It wasn't a lush, oh. but it was a bath bomb. You need to get lush, that's why. Well, if Ben sells me one, if he's going di- to get a discount code, mm. <laughs> that's how it needs to work. It's the bullshit. It's the bullshit of course, we need to talk about the runner accused of cheating in Cardiff Half Marathon. I'm so Ooh. sick of this story. It's well, it's everywhere. on our doorstep, so we're hearing about it a lot. Yeah, and I just, it's just in every newspaper. It's like, gee, anyway, anyway. That's, was it, that's, that's a little weird that it's like national news. Yeah, I, I, yeah exactly. I, it's just too much. Um, in case you've been living under a rock and don't know, a runner is alleged to have cheated in Cardiff Half Marathon, just alleged at the moment. Um, to come in at 21st place. Uh, so he was seen at the finish line celebrating a time of one hour at seven minutes and 40 seconds, a very quick time. But organisers say he removed his chip and submitted a false GPS re- recorded file, which included a wrong course from the 2022 edition of the race. So concerns grew because he was seen celebrating at the finish line with his time, but... When he was spotted at the halfway point, he was way, way back and he would have had to run a world record pace for at least seven miles to get the time he claimed. And race organisers said he was not capable of it, taking into consideration his past times. So, yeah, that's the story. I I purposely haven't said his name because it's everywhere and there's pictures of him everywhere. And I don't know, I'm not sure what I think about alleged cheaters being named and shamed all over national news because although it's a shit thing to do of course it's a shit thing to do you shouldn't be cheating undermine sort of things and blah 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 blah, blah. we all know why it's shit but in the grand scheme of things cheating at a half marathon do you really deserve to have your face and name everywhere and existing online and in newspapers for the rest of your life in, in on the scale of what is morally wrong cheating in a half marathon probably isn't very far up there you know yeah um, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, the thing is, this whole thing is messy because it's, again, there's no kind of real solid confirmation of this, but it looks like he might have cheated at previous events as well. 
and you know it's not just removing the chip it's actually then submitting a gps file that is that that it looks like it's been falsified what kind of makes this tricky as well that like he as far as i know i have seen a thing but it's only a screenshot that he has completely denied it which kind of makes it a little messy because in a way it introduces an element of doubt in a way but then there is video footage of him at nine miles in 55 minutes and then he finishes 12 minutes later <laughs> he did not run four miles in 12 minutes no. and you know what he got interviewed straight after the race by s4c which is like welsh channel 4 celebrating his time and how well he'd done mm-hmm. so this whole thing is just to me it's much more weird and interesting mm. i don't need to like be involved i know we're talking about it on a podcast but i don't need to lay into him because it's obviously wrong and stupid and bizarre and i just kind of want to know why what, yeah. what has led him to this point this is the thing like what i think is interesting about it because although in in running circles of course people are going to talk about this because it's relevant to our hobby and our interest it's just that it's all over news like what, the why do the daily mirror, mirror care about it yeah why do they care about it that, they don't that's what makes me a little bit uncomfortable with these cheating stories like of course it's relevant within the sport and stuff like that and people are going to talk about it but it is like it's, it's angry clickbait it is it people is people are just going to pile in and like people have i've seen like comments already of people are like this guy is an absolute disgrace and people like really go hard mm really just like awful things i'm like yeah he's done bad things he's gonna get banned from this race you know he's other things are gonna happen to him you don't need to get that angry yeah yeah because the the bad thing he's done in the grand scheme of things isn't that terrible if you put it on a sort of (laughs) on sort of a scale of bad things you know yeah, I know. But then some people say, "Oh, we know he's only cheating himself." But like, but at the same time, that's not really true. He is cheating oh, other people. He needs to be banned. Like, he a hundred percent needs to be banned. <laughs> yeah. But it's just all this sort of everyone talking about it and it being in all the papers and his face being yeah. everywhere. I think it's that's. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. And also another tip for you: if you are gonna falsify a GPS record, make sure you get the right course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that can be a giveaway if you uh, submit the wrong wrong route. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Come on. Anyway, what have you got coming up next, Stuart? Cross-country season is back. Obviously, I'll be looking for a few shortcuts. Uh, (laughs) The the first course that we do is notoriously dry and unmuddy, which is a real shame. That's not what I want to do in cross-country. And I need to try and do some long runs. Mm. I've only got like maybe six weekends left, I think, until a 24-hour race. Mm. And I haven't really done many, but it'll probably... I mean, I've done 12 hours a little while ago, so I just need to do that again. Yeah. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just be fine. get on with it. <laughs> I'll just get on with it. It'll be fine. No problem. How about you? Uh, I'm building up the mileage again. Hey, she did the thing. We did the thing. We did the thing. Happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I mentioned... I think it literally did say that in the notes from the first episode, by the way. Did it? Did it actually say building yeah. up the mileage? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even planned it to be this sort of circular narrative here, but... Um, you bought from the right from the beginning i've just looked fifth uh, anniversary gift should have been wood so perhaps we should have got each other a wooden gift we didn't do that did we no we didn't no that was a shame oh, oh well oh well never mind yeah. but yeah so i i think i mentioned last episode i entered the celtic trail half marathon so i actually mm. probably need to go out and run some trails for the first time in a while hills 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 Ugh, hills 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 yeah that's it that's that's it nothing else really oh yeah cool cool if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit runningsbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our patreon merch store and social medias 
Don't cheat, kids. Don't cheat. How did we? How did we originally sign off the episodes? Before I dread to think. Bye. It's like that. Bye. Bye. I think it was just that. Yeah. Bye. Welcome to the first episode of Running Is Bullshit, the podcast that simultaneously complains about and celebrates running by pointing out the bullshit. So thanks for listening and we'll be back in a few weeks time. Bye. Bye.